This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. OTAs are in full swing down in the south side. OTAs! But, but Mr. Omar Khan is still sitting up in his office adding to this team. There is no off switch for Omar when it comes to this offseason. Oh. Welcome, your newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Marcus Golden, signed to a contract yesterday, according to Shefty, on the old Twitter sphere. I love this signing, yeah. Jacob. Tom, how could you not? We've been, you remember, we, we threw out names like Kyle Van Noy. Mm-hmm. We threw out a couple names that we wanted to be brought in to potentially be the number three outside linebacker for this team. And we put the caveat that we, you know, we're saying the name Van Noy, but it's kind of just like a player like him. You just need mm-hmm. a veteran to come in and fill right. that role. Well, Q32 going on 33-year-old Marcus Golden coming in to be that number three outside linebacker. That is just a great depth acquisition for the Steelers and continues this, you know, it's not the splashiest offseason you'll ever see in the NFL, but under the radar, it might be one of the more consistently great ones where holes are being filled constantly by Omar. There is no period of which Omar has looked at himself and said, I'm good. I I can move forward with this team. I feel like how Tom always says, we feel comfortable with the state of the offensive line. Or the state <laughs> he said of the, that, and then they or, took a number one. Or pick the state on of the inside linebackers, or the depth at out, outside linebacker position. They can feel comfortable all they want, but Omar Khan is saying, well, if we can do, if we can help, why not bring in the help? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people might feel like, oh, well, maybe they were lying to us when they said they were comfortable. Maybe there was a little element of lying, but, you know, just because you're comfortable does not mean that you always pursue getting better. And that's where I think, you know, mm-hmm. that happens. You know, yeah, we're comfortable with our offensive line. But Broderick Jones is sitting there if we trade up to number 14, mm-hmm. and he's a dude, so let's take him. Yeah, we're comfortable with our inside linebackers. We're comfortable with our outside linebackers. Well, Marcus Golden is a pretty good, affordable piece to be brought in as a number three option. And he's got starter experience, which I think is so key in this role because I'd put the over-under at three and a half games that this number three guy is going to have to jump up to a two or a one mm-hmm. and start due to injury. And I think that's a pretty low over-under, to be honest with you. I agree. I'm keeping those fingers keep, crossed that TJ stays healthy this mm-hmm. year, but right. not a good track record. No, it's not. And we and we have seen Alex Highsmith get banged up here and there. Yes. Not to say he's injury-prone, but not everyone's invincible. So at a position that only starts two people, one of which we do see a constant r- repetition of injuries and being sidelined, it never hurts. I mean— you compare the outside linebacker depth from today to a year ago, right? When you had, what, Malik Reed and you eventually re-signed Quincy Roche, who has already left the team since being re-signed after being dropped as a rookie. Now you bring in, you bring in another talent and you have, uh, you have Cole Holcomb. Sorry, I'm sorry, not Cole Holcomb. You Herbig. have, Herbig. you have Herbig. Yeah as your fourth guy. So you go from having three and a very questionable fourth a year ago, and that third, obviously Malik Reed did very little last year. Mm-hmm. And now this year you have four legitimate guys. I mean, Herbig will, will still have to wait and see, but you have three capable starters on this team. And one thing we have to consider, though, Tom, is you have to just hope that it's not another Mel Ingram situation. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be another Mel Ingram situation either. You know... Marcus Golden, 
last year only had two sacks. Mm-hmm. But the year prior to that, had 11. he had 11 sacks, which was close to a career high. It was the second uh, highest sack total for a season. In 2016, he had 12 and a half for the Cardinals when he was a young pup in the league. But what I look at there, Jacob, last year, 17 games played, full schedule. He started in 14 of them. Mm-hmm. He only had two sacks. Mm-hmm. The year prior, 16 games played, full schedule. He only started in five of those games for Arizona. 11 sacks. Wow. Less might be more with this guy. Right. And that's kind of where I'm looking at and hoping that it's not a Mel Ingram situation. Maybe where he, he already knows sees, like, you know what? How he's best served. I'll play in all the games mm-hmm. if I'm healthy, but I might not get that starter, you know, notch next to my name for most of them. But I can still be productive. I've proved to myself just a couple years ago I can be productive as a depth piece. And double-digit sacks for a guy who only get credited for five starts in a season, that's really oh my damn God. good. And, again, people will be like, well, that happened a couple years ago. Well, he was 30 years old when he did that. Mm-hmm. So he was already on the wrong side of 30 when he had that output. Maybe and again, using you're asking, him less is going to get a lot more production. And you're asking him to be your third stringer, potentially even like a a, a, a 3B if, 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 if Herbig works out. And that's the other thing, too. You know, I, I get people were excited about Herbig. I think it's a, a good draft pick, but – that's fourth round, fifth round guy there. Right. I mean, but now at least you can bring, you bring him along in. slow yeah. now. He yeah, doesn't yeah, have yeah. to. Oh, my God. Watt got hurt in week four. Highsmith and Erbig now are, are going to have to pass rush in week right. six. Like, it's like when you went out with Dan Moore Jr. and Kendrick Green in the same year. Yeah, you don't have to be forced to play mm-hmm. Herbig now. You can play Herbig on your own timetable, assuming that, you know, not two guys get hurt at the same time right. or something like that. But Well, no, but you have to work with this position and with T.J. Watt specifically in mind, you have to work under the assumption that the backups are going to get playing time this season. And I just I trust Marcus Golden's mentals a lot more than Herbig, too. Yeah, I mean, he's a veteran of the game. About that right now. He's a veteran of the game. He's seen the NFL. And he, I just, the starter capable aspect without really needing to start, I think is just so attractive to me. And I can't get over seeing that, that difference between 2021 and 2022, where he had an increase in starts, an increase in playing time, and his production kind of dipped a little bit. I mean, a lot of times you look at that as a guy your team just signed, and you're like, ooh, I don't like that. The more you use him, the worse he gets. But for this role for the Steelers, I just don't think it could be any more perfect. I mean, if he starts four games next year for the Steelers, I think he will be very serviceable in doing that. And I also think that that would actually be considered some decent injury luck when it comes to your outside linebackers that, you know, one of the big two right. only had to miss like four if games. If you don't have to live without T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith combined, like you said, more than a quarter of the season, with given T.J.'s track record, you take that any day, any of, the day, year, of, the any day of the year. Yeah. Missing half of a season last year and then clearly coming back when he still mm-hmm. had some injuries uh, was not himself. Um in the second half of the season, returning to injury, but last he's year. still—I mean, we was still able. Yeah, he still to was do an impact. What was it? Was it the Cincinnati game? Was his first game back? I believe it was after the bye against the Saints. I want to say was the first game that he came. Was back. it? I think you're right. He did an okay job. He did have that interception again, though. In the well, second it Cincinnati was, game, that's remarkable. What's remarkable is that Joe Burrow said in post game, even though he had won the game, he said, "I just don't know how TJ does it. I don't know how he does it." That's the and, second time he did it to him that year, and he was playing hobbled while making that ridiculous uh, physical interception. Yeah, I think what was happening a lot was he was playing at 85 percent, but mm-hmm. getting a hundred percent of the attention that he normally does because it's TJ Watt. And that's hard for anybody to deal with, the extra attention that he gets. 
um, especially when he's dealing with the injury. Again, I, he was a marvelous player, and, and the defense for the Steelers improved dramatically with his presence on the field, despite him not you know, racking up the sacks like we're used to. And the team just wins when he's on the field. I mean, right. they had the record a is... great stretch down the second half. Right. And I know that, you know, Kenny coming around had a lot to do with it. But you cannot ignore anymore the splits between T.J. Watt on the field and T.J. Watt off the field. They've won like one or two games without him over the past three years. So, right. And they're literally, it's weird to say this, but they're like Chiefs Bills-esque with their record when oh, T.J.'s yeah. been out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the difference maker, Tom. That is the reason he's a defensive player of the year. That's the reason we believe he should have been a two-time back-to-back defensive player of the year. And it's just— You're talking about the year prior when Gilmore won. When Gilmore right. won in 2019. That would have been 2020. So it was 2020. 2021 was, was TJ's. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So regardless, we know that he's capable of being this difference maker— and for Omar Khan to understand who he has on his team, but to also recognize he's not always going to be available, so I can't just go work under the assumption that I'm going to have the best player in football at my disposal every given week. It shows that even though it's funny, even though Omar Khan is a rookie GM, he's operating as a veteran GM yes. by giving himself the assurance or the insurance policies for all these depth position guys. That's why it's a little weird to call him a first year GM in my eyes. Yeah, right. He's not really a rookie GM. He's, He's been, in the been front doing this here, for a long here time. Too, for a yeah, while. it's not like, like he has to learn how Pittsburgh does work under an and what's great too is that he brings in Andy Weidel and the two of them together yeah, they're doing great have just stuff. operated so seamlessly as if they've been working together this entire time in Pittsburgh as if Andy Weidel wasn't in Philly for the last however many years. We still have to see how it plays out, of course. Yes. But right now, everything is trending in the right direction for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, all of these si- all all of all of these signings on paper seem great. But it's not until the execution right, until week one. But you have to look pretty good on paper before you can get them to execute uh, on the field. So very excited about this Marcus Golden addition. Yeah. Uh, one last thing on TJ Watt, though. Mm-hmm. It was funny to see people kind of make a big deal of him not being there for day one of OTAs this and then week. And how big of a deal they made it yeah. once he showed up for day two, was it? I really would have not batted an eye if he didn't show up for really many of them. I mean, a lot of people are like like to point to this example on the internet. Troy Polamalu didn't always show up to right. OTAs, like, and Mark Madden actually had a really good point on Twitter too. At this time of the year, especially rest is more valuable to TJ Watt than work. You think TJ Watt forgot how to for work? TJ, like, especially, I mean, yeah, you see the guy come back, and he's still a physical threat in this in this league. I don't think he's going to, like you said, I don't think he's going to forget how to play football. I don't think he's going to forget how to dominate the line of scrimmage. So I'm really okay with the guy, you know, taking it a little bit easy. Um, But then again, he only missed one day, and he's there now. So it's funny to see the things that people kind of get worked up with, the takes they have. Like, well, he's a leader. He's a captain. He should be out there leading by example. It's like, mm, I'd rather him be out there in September and October leading by example. Exactly. Oh, my God. Of course. (laughs) Of course. I'd much rather see him on the field uh, in September than him on the practice field in May. And people be like, well, it's OTAs. He's not going to get hurt. Aaron, like, would you rather? Here's, well, here's Aaron Rodgers got a little hurt in his OTA did, up in right? New York. Here's so. my question, Tom. Would you rather see TJ on the practice field at OTAs or 
Marcus Golden on the field in September or October. Yeah, let's get this guy's as many reps as possible. I thought you were going another way with that, too. Let's get Golden up to speed in these OTAs, baby. He's bringing into a new team, learning a new Why defense. Man, we, like, by, bo- both of them are yeah, correct. Right, You're right, right about right, that, right. too. I'd rather see him... I'd rather see Watt in the regular season than Golden, obviously. But again, but let Marcus Golden, Golden, Golden get out reps. there in OTAs, get his reps. So by the time September, October comes around, if he's needed, he's ready. Well, Marcus Golden filled a pretty massive hole for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now you look around at this roster, and it's harder to find the holes on this team. It That's, is. Hats off to Omar for doing that. The one spot that I think you're still a little queasy about is that inside, inside. linebacker spot. Two new guys here trying to fill in that hole. Right. Uh, Cole Holcomb, one of the new acquisitions, was kind enough to sit down with Dale and Matt of The Drive yesterday on SNR. They're out there uh, during OTAs giving you some great live coverage. Wanted to play back this interview with Holcomb. Really good stuff from the new inside linebacker, and hopefully he can step up and fill in that spot and give us some serviceable play at that position. Uh, Here's Cole Holcomb talking to Dale and Matt on SNR. Being uh, joined here by Cole Holcomb, uh, Cole Matt Williamson, and Dale Lolly. I'm Dale, he's Matt. Um, (laughs) We were just talking about the, the situation at linebacker in the NFL. And, and Keith Butler, who was the defensive coordinator here, used to say that linebackers, especially inside linebackers, you've reached that peak of about, at about the age of 26 where you're at, where everything kind of meshes. You now have the experience, but you still have the athleticism that you're kind of in that, that soft period or that, that, that pure period where everything matches up. Do you, do you feel that it's that way for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen, you know, had a lot of experience, seen a lot of ball, um, you know, noticing concept, repeat concepts, you know, things that are becoming second nature and just allowing you to play faster and not really thinking about, like, you know, specific things that, you know, you develop these habits and they, uh, and it's really like, like I said, you get, you see so many plays. The offense can only run so many plays, mm-hmm. right? You know, so you just see the same concepts over and over and over again. They just try and doctor it up, do it a different try way. Try to manipulate you yeah. a little bit. So, but in the end, they're still trying to do the same concepts. So if you can figure out and, and get past the window dressing of it, you, be, you get down to the basics. You you know you know what concept you're getting. So a, a, a term we've been using to describe you, and it's great to meet you by the way. Congratulations for being a Steeler. Is ascending. You know, it seems like every year gets better than the last. And unfortunately, last year was cut a little short for you with injuries. So maybe yeah. you didn't get to show the world as much that you really were hitting your peak. But to expand on what Dale was saying, there are so many examples of first, second round, especially first round linebackers that are just great athletes, get thrown right in the mix because they're first rounders. And these great play callers and offensive designers just manipulate them like crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. is that part of it to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, it's it's – you really have to like to play linebacker in this league. You gotta love watching ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning ball tendencies like, and right. Yeah, and I think uh, you know. I mean, shoot, my rookie year, I was biting on every play action. I bet. Had to say play action. <laughs> Anytime the, the dude yeah. stuck the ball, I was running forward. <laughs> I was like crossing route right behind you. Yeah, or, yeah. And yeah. I was getting overs all day. And you know, now now it's like they want to run a play action. Looks, sounds, feels different. Like mm-hmm. you know, a rookie might come in and he might do the same thing I did my rookie. Is that really hard to hold your water on play action? I mean, especially as a young guy. I bet it's yeah. just, it's like, since like, you've been trained forever, as soon as that ball comes out, yeah. you attack downhill. Yeah, you know, was, right. Uh, you know, but then you start realizing you start, you start. It's it was, it, like it's like a sixth sense. Like you're like, uh, it looks like it's a little fishy. Yeah, yeah, something doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> so. and, and to your point, you watch the film and you've seen the tendencies at these. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I can read things differently. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, when you're 21, 22, 23 years old, maybe you don't understand that like you do now. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's uh, you know sometimes it could be more so like a guy's thinking about what his job is versus like what's what's the offense trying to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the more you you understand defensive concepts, like you can you can plug and play. You know, I feel like um, like every every defense, like just like defense, same with offense. You know, you only have so many plays, so many yeah. coverages, so many different types of. You know, every team might have their little tweaks and, and things they like to do a little bit differently within that coverage, but in the, in the end, it's all, you know, single high, two high, you know, cover three, cover two, quarters. People have been playing this game a long time. Yeah. There's not that many yeah. thick changes over <laughs> yeah. 100 years, yeah, to be honest with you. So right, right, right. Um, I would think a big adjustment, too, though, is in the man coverage world, there aren't many McCaffreys and Kamaras and Kittles and, you know, the tight end mm-hmm. and running back route runners in this league are so much better than in college. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's why you know I feel like this the position has changed. You know, you got to be able to cover. You mm-hmm. got to be able to play. You know, because there's always going to be an incident where either you're matched up on a wideout. Yeah. Or you're on a slot. You're on or, a slot. Yeah. You're on a, you're on a receiving tight end. You're a, on a receiving running back. Like. And they're all shaped different to move exactly. different. Exactly. So like different, I think yeah. I feel like the you know the way linebackers play has changed a little bit a in lot, that aspect yeah. of. Of you know you got to be able to run and hit and you got you got to cover and you got to be able to play run. So um, you get through this uh, OTA sessions and you've been doing this now for a few weeks with your with your new teammates. Uh, you settling in here pretty well? Yeah, no, love the guys, love the competition that they bring out here. I mean, I, I love the coaching staff. Like it's 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 gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a fun fun year for the, for the kid. <laughs> so another huge portion of your position, this has always been the case, is communication and getting yeah. the calls in and out. Do you expect to get a lot of those responsibilities? You know, in ter- yeah, you, yeah. you getting no, along no, no, no. on the I'm, field with your with your guys well, and absolutely getting all the play calls Communi- where they need to be. Yeah, communications communications key. Um, you know, like I just want to make sure everybody's on that same page and we all get everything figured out and um, you know whatever my role needs to be, I'll, I'll do it to the best of my abilities. And you know, I'd love to. I like running it, so mm-hmm. um, I would love to do that. Were you a green dot guy in Washington? <laughs> yes, sir. I thought so, yeah. Yep. Great. Now, for fans who don't understand, what, what goes into – I mean, you obviously have to not only communicate to your teammates what the play call is, but you have to understand it a little bit more so than everybody. Do you, do you, you look at the whole, all, yeah, the whole defense? It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's a big picture kind of thing, big picture versus small picture. Um, you know, I think I think when you're calling it, you really do have to have an, a full understanding of the in, – the defensive call in its entirety, just because so many things can change within that that one call. There can mm-hmm. be there can be a, a laundry list of checks that you might have to make or adjustments that we're gonna. Hey, if they do this, we're gonna change this. If they do this, we're gonna we're gonna adjust this way. So I feel like when you're when you're that play caller, you have to be able to anticipate that it's gonna happen. It's not like a react, like oh snap, it happened. Yeah, and yeah. now we're adjusting. It's not like it's playing like cornerback where I'm just – I got this guy, and that's what yeah, I'm going to do. I feel like it's, like it's like chess. You're thinking two moves ahead. So you're always mm-hmm. anticipating what could possibly happen, you know, what adjustment you're going to have to make if they do this, if they do that. So Fans ask me a lot. They're like, why will an ins- a middle linebacker, inside linebacker, tap a D-tackle on the button, move him over six inches? Like, how could that possibly matter? It matters a ton, doesn't it? You know, like, if yeah, the guy's I mean, in the I'll, right alignment in front absolutely. of you. Yeah. Al- alignments mean, mean a lot, and um, – you know, I mean, that's it goes it goes both ways as within you know not only D line alignment but our alignments as sure. linebackers. You know, it changes. It can change blocking schemes like you know where Your they're, where they're targeting, yeah. um, who they're targeting. So yeah, 
The little things mean a ton. 100. Yeah. percent How are you health wise? You uh, you back uh, close to 100? Feeling or? feeling good, man. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit, but you know we're, we're we're still taking it a little slow, but just being smart with it. I mean, yeah. The idea is yeah. to play 17 games, not exactly. Be, re- be 17 ready. 17 practices in May. <laughs> yes, sir. Be ready. In, be ready for September. And I think uh, you know our coaches, you know, training staff, they all have the right mindset, and um, you know, I'm I, I'm behind them 100. percent so. Are now, are you a guy that uh, – sorry, Matt. No, go ahead. Are you a guy that can sit and watch from the sideline and still get your mental reps in? Some guys have to be on field yeah. and stuff. No, I mean, that's that's been the story of my life. So, I've, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've I guess learned how to get good at that. Yeah. You weren't really handed anything. That, you know, no. You're just going to throw you around the field whether you deserve <laughs> it or not. So, that's, that's a good way of look, looking at it. Um, I was going to ask you, are you, are you planning on participating in all, all nine or assuming the injury is okay? And yeah, yeah, along no, and, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever they allow me to do, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to participate. I'm going to go at 100% with whatever they allow me to do. And whenever they tell me i got to chill out a little bit, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> hard to do, but yeah. It is, it is, yeah. man. I'm, a, I'm competitive, competitive. Need to get to the starting line, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you go from college uh, in North Carolina, you go to Washington, Still kind of in that same southern area here. What's it been like for you uh, here in Pittsburgh? Oh man, I love it up here. Um, I mean, I got I got a lot of family actually from upstate New York. Oh, do you? And uh, you know, so I've been up that way a couple times. And man, it's been beautiful the past couple of weeks. We'll see when it's <laughs> we'll not always. When but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, wait till like in November ish. Yeah, yeah. But you're yeah. settled in with your house and know where everything's yeah, at. Get, and getting yeah. everything figured out. I mean, I got the guys have been awesome. They've they've showed me showed me around the town. Showed cool. me, you know, show me the ropes. Good spots um, to eat and all this. Yeah, oh, like yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Traffic's Great. not quite as bad here as it is in Washington. No, we have some times a day that it's a little difficult. Yeah. but no, it's, but it's it's nothing like that. That <laughs> Washington traffic was dead. For traffic. <laughs> So for people that didn't know, <clears throat> you were a walk-on in North Carolina, correct? Yeah, yeah. Just calling schools, asking if I can. Yeah. Who who, who would let me come to their school? Um, I was gonna go walk on at Duke at first, and then that fell through, and then went to North Carolina. Must have been I, a good student in high school. Yeah, yeah. High school is high <laughs> school. Walk on Duke without being but, a good uh, student. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, once I got to once I got there, I was like, okay, I can, like, I can compete with these guys. So, you know, the the mindset i had going into it definitely changed and, and i was like i'm i want a scholarship and i'm gonna earn one i'm gonna do whatever it takes and so it just dawned on me i mean with isaac being an eagle and a guard and you being in the division you guys took each other on quite a bit you know what were the Steelers getting in him and there looks like a starting oh, guard dude i mean shoot I, we got three guys who were with, formerly with philly <laughs> yeah herbie i guess you <laughs> yeah, played against too I'm right, right. all of them yeah okay um, <laughs> give us a scouting report man no did they're i'm t- like i was I thought Philadelphia's O-line was one of the best O-lines in the NFL. Yeah, I thought it was the All around. Yeah, right. And, you know, Isaac was one of them. He was, he mm-hmm. was a dog, and, and I thought, like, that entire line had my respect. Yeah. Um, Hard to play against? Yeah. No, they all were – they all were – they had their strengths. <laughs> they all had – they were all good. They were all, you know, Jason freaking sure the leader of the group. And, yeah, right. <laughs> like, I, I always said he was like a gnat. He just was fast. <laughs> yeah. He just never go away. But, no, they were all – they, like I said, they all have my respect. I, mm-hmm. I played to all of them, and um, you know I think we got some some great players. Yeah, I think Steelers made some nice guys. additions from your division, Absolutely. your former division. Absolutely. Well, we'll let you go here. Yeah, I'm sure you have a, a busy day here. Yeah. Our guest has been uh, Cole Holcomb, the Steelers' uh, new inside linebacker, and uh, well, we. Uh, Appreciate you coming on, Cole. Absolutely. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Welcome no, to absolutely. Welcome to Pittsburgh, and uh, hope uh, everybody enjoyed uh, hearing from Cole. Absolutely. Yes, Good stuff.
There it was Cole Holcomb, Dale Lolly, and Matt Williamson. Uh, great interview from those guys. And, you know, I don't want to say that there's a lot of expectations on the shoulders of Cole Holcomb because I think you have to kind of be real with yourself with the type of player he is. But he's definitely a guy, at least out of the gate, that has a good opportunity to really grab the reins on a starting role in this defense. To me, Tom, I would kind of be pretty happy if I was Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb. Because there's a lot of different directions for people's line of sight to be pointed at on this team. Is Kenny really going to make that big step that he just claimed that he's the him and the offense are going to make? Uh, is is uh, what should I go with next? Is the offensive line going to do as offensive well? Line. As is well Deontay as Deontay going to catch a touchdown right, this is, year? How's is Pat going to stay healthy? How's Pat Pete going to do as a veteran? How's Joey Porter Jr. going to do as the new guy in the secondary? Yes. No Edmonds for the first time in five years. What's that going right, to look like right, in right, the right, secondary? Right. I get what you're saying. The storylines kind of stack themselves in front of the inside linebacker spot. And with but people with, like you and I who are smart, we know that the inside linebacker spot of course, could be the thing but that there are bigger names in just as important positions. For sure. But think of that Steelers defense right now for a second. I love the front. I love the edge rushers. Right. I really like where the cornerback room is going. Abs- yeah, I agree. I love the safeties. So you're saying because there's so much positive to say about all these others, when the that defense kind of points your attention in the inside linebacker position? I think that's where people are going okay, to point to. And I wouldn't be surprised fair. if the shortcomings come in the form of tight ends over the middle of the field. Very fair. So I, there is a lot on their shoulders. But, you know, you were kind of saying if you were Roberts or Holcomb, like you— you kind of have a nice little the, – the eye of Sauron isn't exactly beating mm-hmm. on you 24-7 here. I also think that these guys could be on a different team and be like a number three somewhere else or be like a guy who is, really, you know, has yeah, to I work agree. their way to be number two. These I, are your starters right now. Right. That's that's kind of the issue is that these guys – Who's may... pushing them? Right. Right? Like who is there? Is it Robinson? Maybe it is Robinson. But I feel like people are – trying to push Robinson forward a little bit faster than he's ready for. I mean, the guy was playing running back three years ago at Ole Miss. Right. That's a big transition for him to make. He looks – have you seen him? He looks way big. I mean, it's it's unfair because the Steelers have had not chances, but they've been put in the position to start young players a little too soon. You look at Dan Moore and Kendrick Green up front. You look at Trey Norwood in the secondary a couple years ago, his rookie year – Got a lot of playing time and has made the team because of it. I mean, a lot of players around him have no are no longer on the team, both at safety and cornerback. But I kind of get your point too with Mark Robinson. It's it's a little unfair to put him in this position just because you have no idea if Atlanta Roberts and Cole Holcomb are going to work out. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere. Just say Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart, and Alexa's going to take care of the rest. How have the rookies looked so far through OTAs? We'll talk about what the offensive line looks like. Talk some Kenny Pickett as well, and you're going to hear from Patrick Peterson in the next Happy. episode. So PP. Right here. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. You're listening to the Steelers Standard.